need to hold on to the mic and tell you. <laughs> Couple of announcements. First of all, uh, immediately after this morning's service, I could use some assistance uh, in taking, we have toys that have been dropped off that we'll be giving out on Saturday. And I would like help in getting them all out to the barn. Help. Okay. So, so we'll, after the morning service, we will go over and to the entrance A. And if you can bring your vehicles over there and we'll load up. Uh, it's not that big of a load right now, but uh, we'll take it out, put it on the tables, and then this afternoon I'm going to clear out an area for the toys to be distributed. So anybody can help us after the morning service. Then, uh, tomorrow, how many of you remember Mary and Morris Fisher? Mary and Morris Fisher. Uh, Mary passed away. She uh, was 89. Oh, that's great. And uh, we had lost uh, contact with them over the years. We knew where they lived, and we had sent numerous things there. I had gone over and personally put notes on their door and uh, no no response whatsoever. I, I just thought maybe they moved or something. Uh, when the daughter called and asked me to do the service, uh, she said that uh, they had some issues and so the family had to come in and she said if it wasn't a bill, we just threw it out, you know. So we're sorry she didn't get any of the stuff from us, so uh, it wasn't. But they were watching every week the services. And I, you say, well, they probably just said that. Well, you're a skeptic. Uh, no, because in the obituary, it's at Sheddingers in Grove City. In the obituary, they asked that in lieu of flowers, to send contributions to the Trinity Outreach. Oh, that's and that's good. just started in the last several weeks. Wow. Awesome. Reaching the homeless. So they, they were watching. And uh, so if you would like to attend the uh, service, the memorial service will be at Shed Sheddinger Grove City on Hoover Road. Tomorrow, 9 to 10 is visitation. 10 o'clock, the service followed by Graveside at Sunset out on West Broad. So, uh, if you'd like to do that, that would be great. You can also go online to the Sheddinger site and put notes of remembrance uh, that the family will read later. Okay. So, then, one more announcement. I'm sorry about these, but uh, one more announcement. This is the week. We've got the food distribution, the delivery on Friday, and the distribution on Saturday. And if any of the past years is symptomatic of what's going to happen this Saturday, the last two years I've been directing traffic in the middle of Demarest. And we were 10 cars deep this way and 10 cars deep that way. All day. Uh, there's great need out there, as you know. So we're trying to put a few things in place to 
uh, help us speed the process along and not get anybody hit by cars, uh, Deborah's, and especially me, I, I don't want that. <laughs> and uh, so I announced it Sunday and I had several people, were you talking about me when you said that? I said, well, if the shoe happens to fit, please wear it. We need people with a cooperative spirit, okay, to come out and help us. Uh, you may think you have a better idea of how to run the show, but then you see me privately, and we'll turn it over to you. All of it. If not, have a cooperative spirit. Go with the flow of what we have set up, okay? So we, we would love to have you come and help us, but only if you got a cooperative spirit, because it might just get a little stressful. So, that's Friday. Friday we have the delivery and the boxing up and everything, setting up the, the barn and all for that, because we'll be giving out coats and toys uh, to the families uh, that have come in. Then, Saturday, get here early uh, so that we can get started early and not have a traffic jam and be able to bless a lot of people. So. Be praying. If you can't, you say, well, Pastor, I just can't make it. Well, then you, you you pray for us. Or you say, Pastor, I don't have a cooperative spirit. <laughs> you stay home and pray for us. Pray for yourself. <laughs> appreciate that. appreciate that. And then I am requesting prayer today because of my massive depression over Israel. And, uh, so, and not going there this year, so... Pray that I make it through the holiday season in January uh, without committing Harry Carey or anything. All right. In those cheerful notes, we're going to the letters of John. We've we've done the prayer principles throughout the entire Bible. We missed one and we caught it up a couple weeks ago. We're up to first, second, and third John. We're not going to do one per week. We're going to do all three of them at once. Just uh, second and third John, very tiny little letters. And uh, the theme is the same in all three of them. First John, second John, third John. And so we are just uh, a few weeks away from winding up our study of all of the books of the Bible and prayer principles in them. It's been a good good time together. And some may be saying, well, where are we going after that? Yes. Don't be like that. <laughs> my, my children were always like that when we got in the car. Are we there yet? Are, when are we going to be there? It's, it's going to take longer if you keep asking me. Uh, I do have a sense of the direction the Lord's leading for the, the next study. And okay, <laughs> I, I, I have never, I have never done an intense study of this book before, uh, as a group. But we will be going to the book of Proverbs. We'll be going to the book of sagely wisdom that God gave to Solomon, and we're going to be going through and seeing the the value of wisdom and wise things. Boy. Would you agree that our world needs some wisdom? Oh, yes. 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 Amen. Amen. 
And even Christians are making some dumb mistakes. <laughs> Christians are doing some dumb things. No. Yeah. I'm just saying. And we have a whole book telling us not to be that way. And so we're going to investigate. I've been studying uh, on Proverbs now, and I, I, I'm learning new things, and I'm excited about it. So that's where we're going after we finish up. We have, next week, we'll have the book of Jude, and then we finish up with Revelation, the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. So we'll, we'll be going on. 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands of handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, <laughs> very blunt, we lie yeah. and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins Hallelujah. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we've not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Hmm. Whoa. John's getting a little terse, isn't he? <laughs> the authorship of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John is widely accepted as John the Apostle. The one who was used to write the Gospel of John, which we're studying in the evening class, and I would heartily recommend, if you can make it out tonight or watch it, we are up to John chapter 5, and we are at one of my favorite sites in Israel, which is causing me depression today, Bethesda, the Pool of Bethesda. And uh, uh, great memories of that. We were talking about it earlier with some folks. At the Pool of Bethesda, right beside the Pool of Bethesda, is the Church of St. Anne. And it has the greatest acoustics of any place I've ever been in the world. And one time, I don't know if any of you were there at the time, I know Grace was, because she goes with, with me every time. But I don't know if you were there at this time, but we were, as our custom is, when we went into the, the church there at St. Anne's, right by the Pool of Bethesda, we started singing songs, and the acoustics are such that it's just, oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
And people from other groups came up with tears in their eyes and said, would you sing this song? Would you sing that song? And our group was having a request time <laughs> of, of old hymns and choruses and, and uh, just, oh my goodness, I'll never forget that occasion. It was just a marvelous time. Were any of you there for that one? Yes. Yeah, well, I, it was just a wow moment. Yes, we were talking Sunday. It was a wow moment. How close is that uh, gossip? That church? This is in Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah, it's it's in Jerusalem. Okay. Tune in tonight. <laughs> we'll show some pictures as well. Good. But. Uh, Where in the world did I get that from? Where, where did I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How did I get there? Uh, I'm lost. What were we studying tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're studying tonight. The Gospel of John, Chapter 5. Thank you. I, I, I thought I totally was out the tulips there. <laughs> I just, my mind, it's, it's a terrible thing to, to waste. But uh, that's tonight. Gospel of John. Uh, we believe, most believe, there's always a few out there, most believe that the writer of these three letters is John the Apostle, John the Elder, as he's called in these letters. And also that John was used to write the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. He didn't write it as much as he took down notes uh, whatever you see, write it down. Send it to the churches that are in Asia Minor. So, there are some people that say, well, we think it was somebody else. Okay, got any proof? The early church, at the time that, that this was being written, they accepted it as John the Apostle. That's good enough for me. Good enough for me. And uh, there are no other decent candidates because he identifies himself as the elder and throughout the the three letters they're kind of small especially the second and the third but the theme is John the elder is giving Christian advice to new believers and to the church so he's he's giving uh, little snippets of, of advice and telling them how to live the Christian life. He's giving up in years. He's called the elder. And most believe this was written prior to his incarceration on the Isle of Patmos. So he's writing these letters and then he's arrested and sent off and then he has one final book to write. Revelation of Jesus Christ. So, this is the general, there's not a lot of background. He doesn't say uh, anything about himself other than he calls himself the elder, and he gives sagely advice to new believers. Uh, things that they need. One of the key themes is Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Amen. And I saw him and I, I, I held him, and I witnessed it, and I'm proclaiming it to you. Because even in the first century, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, people started saying, no, it never really happened. 
He was just a spirit or a ghost. He wasn't really here. He didn't take on the form. But you look back to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we beheld Him, and we held Him. That same verbiage here in 1 John. Uh, so the authorship to me is not in question at all. And those that have questions, they, they'd quite, if you told them the sun rose, they'd go out and check on it. They wouldn't trust you. So the theme of the three letters is this godly advice from the elder to the younger. And so we want to look today at some prayer principles that we find. And they're scattered throughout these three letters, but I'm only going to take verses from uh, 1 John to look at them. <clears throat> and some of you were using this word earlier as I was trying to get your attention to start class. Oh, no. <laughs> the first principle, prayer is fellowship with the Lord. He talks a lot about fellowship in the first chapter, doesn't he? Our fellowship is with the Lord. And then he says, if you have fellowship with the Lord, then you can have good fellowship with your brothers and sisters. If you're not walking with the Lord, it's going to be tough for you to walk with others. Can I get a witness? Yes. Amen? Yes. If, if, I'm, if I'm not walking right with the Lord, I'm going to have trouble with everybody else. Because... Have you recognized some people you need more help from the Lord to deal with than others? Amen. Amen. So, fellowship, prayer, basically, is spending time with the Lord. It's fellowship. And uh, the word there, and you're familiar with this word, this is one of the few Greek words that everybody in the church seems to know. They used to have koinonia fellowships. Uh, the Baptist church over on, uh, on Briggs has koinonia groups. And the word koinonia is to communicate or to fellowship. Uh, so they use small groups where they talk about things in the Bible and that kind of thing, koinonia. Have you ever been involved in what's called a koinonia? It was a big movement in the 70s. Of course, you're all younger. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> to communicate or to fellowship it's not just taking a walk with God but you're talking with him while you're walking uh, that's the message the Lord laid upon my heart for uh, tomorrow's memorial service walking with him taking a walk with Jesus fellowshiping with him I was reflecting back on Mary Fisher, and she would say this. It's not just me saying The highlight of her life was when she was walking in the Holy Land and seeing the sights and singing the songs. Sometimes we had to carry her down some of the steps, but she was bound and determined. In, in Megiddo, the sight of Valley of Armageddon, there's a, a well, and basically you, you go down a spiral staircase down there, and I think it's like 150 steps down. Yeah. And then you walk through uh, 
to go out the other side, outside where the spring was. She was bound and determined. I tried to talk her out of it. This is Mary. Why don't you just wait at the bus, and the bus will take you around, and you, no, you won't see it. So one guy on either side was carrying her down these steps. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Well, we're not. But, but she, she, you can see in her eyes. It was just every day it was an adventure. She was so excited. And fellowship, walking with Jesus, talking with him, having, having, can you imagine when the disciples every day were walking with Jesus, most of the teachings that we read about were while they were going somewhere. Amen? Amen. And they were walking by a field. And the guy said, boy, I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And they said, but it's a Sabbath day. We're not supposed to work. And Jesus said, I'll go get something. <laughs> so they went out in the field. They went out in the field and they got some of the grain and ate it kind of like, <coughs> like uh, pine nuts or whatever. And the Pharisees were always watching. They walked with Jesus too. They just didn't fellowship with him. And uh, they said, why are you allowing them to go into the fields and do work on the Sabbath? And Jesus, you call that work? He said, don't you remember that when David and his group were hungry, they took the showbread? And don't you remember that every Sabbath, the priests do work? They're still making sacrifices. That's work. But it's a holy sacrifice. So Jesus put him to rest. But so this teaching happened while they're walking. Koinonia fellowship. Fellowship praying like you're just talking to the Lord. Amen? Just talking to Him. It's not a formal kind of situation, you're walking with him. How many of you talk to the Lord while you're driving? How many of you should? That's a great time and necessary in Columbus to, to pray while you, it's a conversation. You're not bowing your knees uh, and closing your eyes. I hope not. <laughs> but you're just you're on the journey you're talking with the Lord it's fellowship you get to you get to know him better when you're just talking to him it's not that you're being dismissive to him he understands you're you're on your way but you're striking up a conversation some of the great conversations I've ever had with God were not at an altar they were bombs traveling someplace. And talking out with the Lord. What are some benefits of just talking things out with the Lord? Peace strengthen your spirit. Yes? Peace. Get a peace. It, it, it's, you're laying it out before him. You're talking it out. And sometimes, how many of you have ever had this happen? When you say it out loud, you realize, boy, that was stupid. <laughs> Anybody? Nobody? It didn't sound, it sounded okay when it was rolling around in my head, but when I said it out loud, boy, that didn't sound right. 
That's one of the benefits of, of talking with the Lord. You can have a... Or the Lord says, eh, that's not the way to, to go. You can have a peace. Yes, what, what was your... Strength. Strength. You, when you're strength. just talking... Yeah, the, the Lord strengthens. He, those times, you remember when, when he was walking back to Jairus' house, and Jairus looked and saw his servant coming with a bad expression. He knew his little daughter was dead. And Jesus said, no, she's not sleeping. Let's go wake her up. She's just sleeping. And he grabs Jairus and they walk back. Boy, there's a strength. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but there's an old, old song. It's not a Christian song, but it should be. But a lot of Christian performers have sung it. And I found a cut of it by Josh Groban that I've asked the uh, funeral home if they can play it. And they said, well, we don't have it, but Carissa's trying to put it together on a jump drive to take down there. I'll walk with God from this day on. It, it, I'm, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with and I'm going to walk with him. It's a daily walk. Walking with him is important. It's it's a when you're going through a dark valley. He says, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil." Why? Not because I'm so tough, but he's the one walking with me. He brings me strength. He brings me courage. Why else is it important <clears throat> to talk to the Lord? Like you talk to a friend. Why is it good to talk things out with the Lord? It's a moment of intimacy. It's an intimate time. You're, you don't have to worry about anybody else misconstruing what you're saying. That's right. Uh, boy, it's, it's really bad today, isn't it? When people uh, are texting and writing emails, whatever... And sometimes the communication is a little lacking. Yeah. And you had to watch what you say. How many of you have had a situation where you said, said something, you wrote something, and somebody took it wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look lovely today. You didn't look lovely the other day. You know. <laughs> they read things into it, you know. But you don't have to do that with the Lord. When you're talking with Him, it's an intimate fellowship. He knows. You're hard. <clears throat> yes. How many of you have times where you just don't know how to put it into words properly? Yeah. But he understands. He understands. Yeah. Just fellowship with the Lord is prayer. And it's not a formal prayer time, but you're conversing him, as Jesus said, as friend with friend. Oh, that's mm. good. Yeah. It's a release. It's a release. It, it. Uh, I think I put it down here someplace. It's a venting, a release where you got all these things <clears throat> stuffed inside, and when you release it and you just talk it out with the Lord, it 
it takes that pressure off. Yes. And it, oh. And it also sometimes when you get those feelings and those thoughts out there, and the Lord can help you see them more clearly. Mm-hmm. Boy, that it takes the pressure off. It, yes. It's it's refreshing. You see things more clearly. Prayer, koinonia prayer, fellowship praying. When you're walking with Him, just talking with Him. It can be a time where we just lay it all out before the Lord. Lord, you know I am really upset. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of you know that when you, when you tell somebody you're upset, that they're trying to get you to not be upset? Yeah. Right? How many of you know what I'm saying? All the time. Wow, well, they're trying to calm me down. Jesus doesn't do that. He says, give me all you got. He can take it. And venting, confirming, when you're saying these things out, the Lord can give you that inner witness of His Holy Spirit. <coughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, helping you sort things out. How many of you have a junk drawer at home? Several. <laughs> so, what's drawer? <laughs> On occasion, how many of you have to go in and sort that thing, that baby out. Yes. <laughs> and you're, have you ever caught yourself saying, oh, that's where that is. <laughs> I wondered where that was. It was there all the time, right? It was right, in, you, you walked right by it a hundred times a day. But you didn't, you, you needed to sort it out before you knew what you had. Fellowship, koinonia praying. When you're just talking to the Lord, and He, oh, there's that. He helps us sort out our our feelings and our thoughts. And have you ever wondered why you're feeling the way you do about something? When you're koinonia praying, when you know what I'm saying, koinonia, you're just walking with the Lord and you're just talking with Him. And it helps you to sort things out. And the Lord points things out. Uh, David did this a lot. The Psalms, many of the Psalms, I don't have time to take all of them, but many of the Psalms are what I call koinonia praying. Many of the Psalms. Uh, I need somebody to turn to Psalm 3, verses 1 through 6, who will do that one. I got it. Wait a minute, I had a hand back here. Oh. You go, go for it. Psalm 3, 1 through 6. Psalm 4, 1 through 3. Hands? Okay. Mary Lou's got that one. Let me see if I got it. No. Those are the two I've got. Uh, we got more coming. Psalm 3, 1 through 6. And uh, David is just, he's having some koinonia moments here with the Lord. We don't know if he's this is assumed that this is when he's the king and people are out to get him. Okay? Ready? Go for it. Lord, how they have increased to trouble me. Many are those who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Hallelujah. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. 
I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousand of people who have set themselves against me all around. <laughs> He's coining me a prayer, isn't he? He says, Lord, look at all these people that are messing with me. I, I, and they do this, and they say, there's no help for you in God. Then the Lord says, oh, wait a minute. But you, oh Lord, you've always been a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. And, and you know what? I'm going to lay down and take a nap. I'm going to sleep on it. If you've ever had your sleep disturbed by thoughts, Koinonia praying is a way to relieve that. Uh, I, back in the in the seventies, the nineteen seventies, not the eighteen seventies. In the nineteen seventies, many of the songs of scripture psalms were put into music. There was a whole hymnal of of putting psalms into music. And this is one of my favorites. It goes like this. Maybe you've heard it. My glory and the lifter of my head. My glory and the lifter of my head. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. He's my glory and the lifter. Okay, never mind. You know what? You sing with me? Yes. I'm done. I'm done. But the, I enjoy that. I enjoy singing the songs. And many of them are what we were terming today koinonia, fellowship. He's just talking it over with the Lord. He's just expressing, I'm having a bad day, Lord. And the Lord didn't get all oh, good, good. No, he, he shows himself as mighty. And he helps you sort things out. And usually by the end of the song, David, with the help of the Lord, he sorted it out. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've laid this on Jesus. I can go to sleep now. Uh, Psalm 4, 1 through 3. I'm sorry. Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. How long, O men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear me when I call to him. Ooh. It's a koinonia. He's walking with <coughs> the Lord. And he's troubled. And he's, it sounds a little terse, but the Lord's okay with that. He said, can, you, can I get an answer here? Yes, yes. Can I get an answer here? He said, oh, you don't talk to God that way. Well, why do you think the Holy Spirit inspired David to write it down for us today, a couple thousand years later. It's okay with God. He can take it. He said, well, you've hurt my feelings. That's not the God we serve. 
You can have koinonia. You can have fellowship with him. You can talk it out with the Lord. You can lay it out for the Lord. But would you answer me when I call you? No. You've all had those situations. We have them all the time right now. The uh, With the young ones that are staying with, with Carissa and Gary. And they'll come over to the house. And we'll, we'll, on the fourth or fifth call, you know, to get their attention, you wonder if, if your voice is broken or something because they obviously, or maybe they, they can't hear. No, they just tune you out. And sometimes, we know he hasn't, but down deep sometimes we wonder if God has tuned us out. Oh, it's not me, Pastor. I'm too spiritual. <laughs> oh, maybe you, Pastor, but not me. I am a higher level of faith. I always yeah, give my rest. The Lord's not impressed with that either. <coughs> Sometimes, Lord, can I get an answer here? And he says, look at all these people that are messing with me. Uh, I'm, I'm praising you and they're mocking me. There's a hand back there. Yeah. I just, um, this past summer, um, I was over at the hospital um, with a good friend and they had taken all of her meds from her and <coughs> the meds were keeping her coherent and, and you know, present. Mm -hmm. And she was trying to get out of bed and we were trying to keep her in bed and uh, and so I just took hold of Bonnie's hand, I took hold of Flo's hand and I said, Lord, we, we need a miracle here. And the next morning she was back with us and I mean, she's we just went to the Gaither concert with her on Saturday. What? Wow. They, were, they were feeling she had a gangrenous gallbladder and they were pumping mm. her full of all kinds of medicine and uh, it, it was a miracle and Let's God go. just puts that in my heart so that's awesome yeah. he has a miracle working well the, the testimony if you missed Sunday service that was you, you need to go watch it mm -hmm. that was amazing because the testimony from Greg Truck. Many yeah. of you remember Greg yeah. used to attend here and Mary, yeah. Mary Jane used to attend here. Great. Uh, they were in all the Bible studies. They, they, we had a great time with them. He has a great sense of humor. <laughs> and uh, yes. he, a couple of years ago he had <coughs> cancer and the Lord brought him through that. And then he just went in a few weeks ago. We've been praying for him here that they had given him between four and six months to live. They said he was in stage four cancer. They had the the MRIs and everything showing this mass on his, I believe it was liver, and uh, and so Greg in Greg form, said, well, what what is going on here? You know, I just got through that one. You got me through that one. What's what's with this? You know, and uh, uh, so. He was praying in that way, kind of a koinonia kind of prayer. And he sent out word, and we got word about, about him, and we started praying here, and I know many of you have been praying for him. And he was there Sunday morning, 
And I was so excited, I, I hadn't heard anything. I saw him walking up. I said, boy, he looks good. And, and uh, for a guy that's going to die in a couple months. And he came in, gave me a big hug, and told me the story. And then he, I had him share the testimony in the morning service in the middle of the message. They can't find that tumor anymore. It's gone. Totally cancer-free. And the, 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 some of the doctors said, well, we need to test some more. And they said, okay. They tested some more. They can't find it. It's gone. It's not there. And uh, he said, I'm cancer-free. But sometimes when you're walking with the Lord, you say, are you listening to me? Are you, you hear anything I'm saying? Am I alone here? And those koinonia times of prayer, they're important. Now, a regular prayer time, that's important too, to talk and take think petitions with the Lord. But sometimes you're having a heart-to-heart -heart with God. Mm -hmm. And it helps you vent. It helps you sort things out. It brings you into closer relationship. Uh, laying things out before the Lord helps you to see them more clearly through His eyes. <coughs> I remember... Uh, I used to love to put together uh, model cars. Did you ever do that, Earl? Yeah. I love model cars. <laughs> Any of you ever do that? Any guys ever model cars? I did it with planes. I love that. I love yeah. it. Those are great times. I'd save up my money for my paper route, go and buy it, go to Hobbyland, or, yeah. Yeah. and uh, go over <coughs> Hobbyland over at Northern Lights, yeah. get myself a model, and go home, and and I'd have it all out there and, and uh, I'd mess it up. Because I'm one of those, I don't like to follow the directions. <laughs> one of those four <laughs> And after I cannot figure out how in the world this goofy thing goes together, my dad would come and he said, well, let's, 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 just, let's just set this out here and we'll put these parts here and we'll look at the directions and everything. And, which was amazing because Dad never liked directions either, but when I was concerned, he did. <laughs> Helped me to sort it out, and then we started putting it back together the way it was supposed to be. Coin the knee of praying can help us do that. Confirm things, sort things out. And David, many of the, as you're going through the Psalms, you'll see many of the Psalms are this very same thing. Well, Lord, what in the world? My God, why have you forsaken me? You know, I mean, that's pretty blunt. It was prophetic. He was speaking the words that Jesus would speak a couple thousand years later on the cross. He didn't realize it at the time. What he was going through was reflective of something else. So when we read it today, we can see those comparisons. Koinonia praying. It's an important way to pray that I think is underused, but it's needed. It's needful. Just to have a little talk with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Just have a little talk with Jesus. Nothing formalized. You don't have to fancy up your language. He knows what you're thinking. He knows you can just talk to him. Take it to the Lord in prayer, huh? Yeah, he knows. Oh, okay. I thought I, thought I messed up.
something up there? Well, I may have, but you're, you're too kind. But I had to, I had to take this next thing. I'm sorry. You know me in songs. You know me in songs. I'm sorry. I apologize, but, but I, one of the things I love dearly is Southern gospel music. I love Southern gospel music because it's so simple and clear. Amen. A lot of songs about the about the second coming and the rapture. A lot of songs about uh, a lot of things, and they're just very simple. Now, some people don't like the down home style of music. Well, get over it. <laughs> and and uh, used to have a at uh, Sugar Tree Ridge. We had the Ridgewood Quartet. There's several of us in there, and I never got to sing the lead on this song. Oh, no. I was a lead singer, I never got to sing the lead. Oh. It's a bass lead on the chorus. And we're going to go there for just a second here.
and that if the person confesses, they say the same thing that the charges say happened. Say, so, well, I'm not going to confess to that. Well, that's not confession. You're saying the same thing about the issue. And in a spiritual sense, homo legeo means we're saying the same thing about our sin that God says about it. We're saying the same thing about our sin that God says about it. What does God say about our sin? Confession. Well, no, what does he say about our sin? What does he say? What does he say what your sin is about? What? It separates us from God. Okay, sin separates you from God. I am separated from God. That, If I am saying the same thing, the homo legeo, my confession would be my sin is separating me from God. I am saying the same thing that God says about my sin. What else does God say about sin? We make him lie. Yeah, if, if we say we're not sinning, or sinners, or we call him a liar. We're calling God a liar. You say, well, how, how many of you think that would be a smart, eternal move? <laughs> it says that there are no liars in heaven. And guess what? God's going to be in heaven. He's not a liar. We need to say the same thing about our sin. Yes, I am a sinner. We need to say the same thing that God says. I am a sinner. And the wages of sin is death. We need to say the same thing about our sin. We don't need to candy coat it and say, well, it was a mistake. Well, yeah, it's a mistake of sin. But it's not just a, an oops. The wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God. If we, homo legeo, we say the same thing about our sin as God says about it, that's confession. What else does God say about sin? Well, when we confess it, he buries it in the deepest sea and forgets about it. Yeah, that there, the aspect that sin can be dealt with if it's confessed. But if we don't confess it, we cannot be cleansed from it. That's right. If we don't say the same thing about our sin as God says about it and the Word says about it, mm -hmm. there's no cleansing. There's no forgiveness. No if we're just saying, well, you know, I just had a bad day. No. Call sin, sin. And realize that it's evil. What else? We all have I mean, sin. We all have sinned. You know, nobody is immune to this. We're in this boat together. We're all sinners saved by grace if we've been saved. But if we suggest that we have not sinned or that our sin is not as bad as God says it is, if we're not homo legeo, we're not confessing. And it's only if we confess our sins if we say the same thing about our sin that God says about it, then he will if we can, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
The contrary is true. If we don't say the same thing about our sin, we haven't confessed. We're not going to get the cleansing for it. Have you ever had people that pled to a lesser charge? You know, well, I, I, you know, I didn't do that. I, I just did this. And they're trying to, they're not acknowledging that they did the deed. All you have to do is watch the evening news for five minutes. And uh, not probably not that long. If you have a Honda or a Kia in the greater Columbus area, you're on the watch list, folks. They're out to get you. And there's 15-year-olds. One was a 14-year-old that stole a car, and one was 15 last night. Crashed it into a bunch of people stupid enough to come back to the scene of the crime and try to steal another. It was a girl. Duh. Well, the girl was with him, yeah. And, he, uh -huh. and she shouts, I love you! That don't help. Now, when they go, they pled, they did not plead to the felony of grand theft auto. They pled to a lesser charge. They did not say the same thing about their sin as the law said about their sin. And there's a lot of that going on. Yes. So there, if there's no true confession, there's no cleansing according to the scripture. I'm, I'm just taking the scripture for what it says. If, if we confess our sins, if we say the same thing about our sin as God says about our sin, and we mean business, God, I am a sinner, I have sinned, all have sinned and fallen short of I've fallen short of your glory. I've done something that is worthy of punishment. The gravity of my sin. What, what is the full weight of your sins and mine? What did it ultimately do? Jesus to the cross. It nailed Jesus to the cross. Say, well, what I did wasn't so bad. That's not what Jesus said. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. I love that old classic Southern Gospel song. I was guilty with nothing to say and they were coming to take me away. But then a voice from heaven was heard that said, Let him go, take me instead. And I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in despair, but Jesus, God's Son, took my place. When we say the same thing about our sin, if we confess, then Jesus steps in and says, I'm willing to forgive that. The gravity of it, the weight of it, the cost of it. Well, I just, I just 
did this, it's not that big of a deal. Until you recognize how big of a deal it is, that's not really confession, now is it? You're pleading to a lesser charge, but uh, it's not the same thing. What else does God say about sin that we need to say the same thing about our sin? He hates it. He hates sin. He hates sin because ultimately his only begotten son is going to die on the cross for it. What would that... Have you ever had a situation where somebody made light of something that you did that you really worked hard on and, or paid a lot of money for? And said, oh, oh, okay, thanks. <clears throat> How does that make you feel when somebody makes light of something that cost you dearly? If we go before the Lord and say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sorry for my sin. And Jesus says, well, wait a minute. My son died for that. Could there be a little gratitude? It was big enough to send him to the cross for our sins. Um, what else does God say about? You can't hide from your sins. Yeah, you can't. You can run. <laughs> David, David, you can run, but you can't hide. David said, I don't care where I go. I go to the grave. You're there. I go here. I go there. You know, nothing. You know, uh, Jonah tried, right? He says, well, I'll, I'll get out of town. But it doesn't help. God, God travels. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go into a, into a boat. God floats. <laughs> I'll go into the belly of a fish. He'll trouble me there. <laughs> Took him three days to finally, okay, I'm sorry. I'll do what you want me to do. You can't, run, you can't hide from God. You can't hide the sin from God. It's, it's painfully blatant. What else does God say about sin? Yeah. He says that the only way to escape the wages of sin is through the blood of Jesus. There's yeah. one way. Yeah, we have to say the same thing about the only way of salvation. If we're saying, well, if I do good deeds, if I, if I go to church, if I help people out, if I give money, if I do nice things, if I get on the church membership roster, if I help out the missionaries, that'll get me saved. No, it won't. You're not saying the same thing about your sin that God said about it. There's only one way. To be righteous with God. If we confess our sin. Say the same thing about it. As God does. He is faithful and just. Yes. To forgive us our sin. Yes. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you Lord. And it takes the blood of Jesus Christ. We can't get to cleansing. And forgiveness. On another route. That's right. There's no other way. There's only one name. Given among men. By which. We must be saved, and that name is Jesus. Yes, sir. And other people are trying to find other ways in, mm -hmm. uh, trying to sneak around. But there's gates on the city for a reason. <laughs> Amen? There's gates on the city for a reason. Nobody's coming in except through Jesus. No one comes to the Father. This is Jesus talking. Mm -hmm. No one. I am the way, the truth, 
the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But if we're thinking there's another way, we're not saying the same thing. That's not confession. That's not true confession. There's a lot of people that, even in the churches, that want to plead to a lesser charge. I just, you know, I didn't mean it, you know, that's no harm, no foul, can I get a do-over? No. We need to say the same thing about our sin. I was guilty. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What else uh, does God say about sin that we need to homologate with? Anything else? Well, he mentions three things in the Bible that he hates. You know, the lust of the eye, the lust of the fire, the life. And the things that he hates, uh, we, we need to say the same thing about sin. We have to develop a hatred for it. Yes. Rather than an acceptance of it. That's right. And today's society and today's church world are accepting things that God does not accept. Amen. 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 It's a it's a it's a big problem. We're not saying the same thing about sin that God says in His Word about sin, and they're reinterpreting what sin is based upon what they can accept. We have institutions that are saying, well, this is acceptable to us, but it's not acceptable to God. Is there salvation if we're not saying the same thing about it? Can you think of some illustrations? God says one thing. Churches in the world are saying something else. Abortion. Abortion. Well, it's just a... Tidying things up, you know. And and uh, we can't we can't uh, police it effectively. So what we'll do, we'll tax it. Uh, the uh, marijuana, we'll we'll tax it. Yeah. Now how's that going? Now everybody who's going to be growing these plants in their house, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is what they're they're believing. Everybody who grows their six or so plants in their house to have marijuana so they can smoke and get high. Or bake it into their brownies. No, don't do those brownies. (laughs) But they're all going to voluntarily tell the city how many plants they have and pay a tax on it. Right. And and then my my response to that is, what are they smoking? I think that's what they're smoking! Come on! We have all these deaths every year from drunken driving. So what do they do? Rather than get rid of the booze, they they uh, tax it. And you have the state stores. Now everybody buys stuff there. <laughs> We're not saying the same thing about sin. 
did God say? Uh, immorality. We're not saying the same thing that God says. What they're teaching in the public schools. Yeah. Yes, it's an abomination. Well, look at look at the look at the whole big thing that's going on right now with anti-Semitism. Yes. Uh, from these are supposed to be the really smart people. Okay, yes. Harvard. Harvard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Harvard. 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 And and they say <laughs> now they ask the question, well. Uh, is saying that every Jew ought to be killed, is, is that anti-Semitism? It says, well, it depends on the circumstances. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what? They should all get fired. What do they smoke? <laughs> I think we know. <laughs> They've drunk the Kool-Aid. It, it's, it's insane. These are supposed to be the smart people. And they're suggesting that it's all right to kill Jews. Huh? I'll tell you, it's, it's unbelievable. And you say, well, I don't see how World War II happened with the Nazi extermination of the Jews because of the attitudes that exist right now in America. It never happened. Yes. Yeah, it never happened. Oh, it's a man. It's a fairy tale. Uh, we've got to say the same thing that God says about the sin. Homo legeo. To say the same thing. The evil of sin. How bad it is. Uh, the gravity of it. There's no, as Earl said earlier, I, I talked over top of him, there's no big sin or little sin. There's just sin. You know, and it, it is potent. Yeah. It is concentrated in such a way that the wages of sin is death. And we want to gradate. Well, this is a big sin. Yeah. Now that's not a big sin. I'm not as bad as they are. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm <laughs> going to compare myself to a real jerk, <laughs> and I look better. Yeah. <laughs> but I never compare myself to a really great guy. I'm better than they are. Yeah, but who you compare yourself to? You walk down to the to the lowest parts of the of the city, and you find somebody that's that's in the gutter, that is high on drugs, and just a, a blight, and you say, "I am so much better than they are." <laughs> But you don't walk up to Jesus and say, I'm so much better than he is. And we compare ourselves. Remember Jesus talked about the Pharisee and the, the publican was in, tax collector was in praying. And the tax collector says, oh, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Sinner. He saw himself. Homo legeo. He saw himself as God saw him. He's a sinner. He's a good guy, but he's a sinner. And the other guy says, I thank for I am not like that slimy guy over there. Because <laughs> I give tithes and I do this and that and the other. And Jesus said, you see those two guys? One of them's going to walk out of here righteous. One of them's going to walk out in his own sin because he's just talking to hear himself talk. 
to say the same thing about sin. Confession. If we confess our sins, and the big circle it in your Bible, mm-hmm. underline it, highlight it, whatever you have to do, if is the key word. That's right. If we say the same thing about our sin that God says about our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then he follows up and said, if we say we've not sinned, we're calling God a liar. And his word is not in us. So, two prayer principles today in our short books of 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. First of all, fellowship, koinonia prayer. Laying it out to the Lord. This is not something you do publicly. This is not a public kind of prayer. You're, you're not, Lord, you know, no, this is you and God walking along, okay? Understand? Yes. This is not for public praying where you lay out everything and cause everybody else to be confused. <laughs> no, this is you and God walking along talking. And then also, confession needs to be a part of our prayer life. If we confess, if we say the same thing about our sin as God does, as as His Word does, we're going to get cleansed and forgiven and become righteous. If. If not, not. We're going to stop there for today. Next time we'll be picking up, guess it, Thank you, Jude. Some of you are trying to figure out what you All right. There's a lot of good stuff in Jude, too. It's only one chapter, but there's a lot in it. Let's go to prayer today. We want to pray for the family of, of Mary Fisher. And uh, we'll have an opportunity to lead some people to Jesus tomorrow in the service. And to... Get them starting to walk with God. Uh, what are some other prayer requests? Yes. Yeah, uh, Chris needs prayer. She had her pacemaker changed yesterday. Okay, Chris needs, Cotty needs prayer. Yes. Um, I have my daughter's friend's uh, sister. She's in Indiana. She had she has cancer, and they were going to give they were giving a chemo, and she had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And they talk like she only has a couple days to a month to live. But you know, she, she's a Christian. I just pray. They've had so many problems. Her name's Pam. Pray for Pam. Jamie was having surgery on his elbow today. He should be out by now, but I, my phone is, I have to have it turned off so you don't hear my music. Uh, hopefully, uh, he said it was going to be a 10 minute thing. Let be out. Yes. Um, my sister B's son, son-in-law had a massive heart attack. Oh. And his dad died very young with um, heart problems at 50-something. And when they went in, he said it was an induced coma right now. They were going to try to bring him home mm. that today. But they would just build a home, and they were getting ready to move in, and that's where he had it. Mm. And, um, <coughs> what, two arteries instead of three? Yeah. It's a, you know. And his name is Mike. Mike. And then Sophie. Sophie. She's coming, yeah, she's coming home today. 
if you didn't get the, the prayer request sent out, uh, Sophia, uh, Becky's granddaughter, uh, was taken in. The initial word was uh, advanced asthma condition. Uh, we don't know everything about it, but she's going to get released today. Yeah. Uh, Mike Moore, his uh, pain is so great he can hardly do mm. anything, and they they did an ablation or whatever, but it didn't help. And he's still oh. in horrific pain. Pray for Mike. Yes. Uh, I'd like to request uh, request prayer for Mike. <coughs> Sister Brandon, uh, she's so wrapped up in drugs right now that she's. They've already taken her kids away from her. They put her in foster care for now. But she's, I think she's gotten so used to not having the responsibility of children with her that when we're talking about one's a baby and the other might be five years old. But uh, something can be done about where her mind is. I just, she doesn't care. She doesn't seem to care anymore. And it's, it's awful. It's good. The little girl doesn't have any front teeth. Mm. It's bad. It's, it's just bad. And her name is Shiloh. The oldest, I mean, my Shiloh. sister's granddaughter's name is Shiloh. She's the mother of the two kids. Okay. And she's about to get evicted from an apartment that she's only paying $70 a month in rent. Oh my so that's, that's... There's a lot of Domestic yes. kind of yes. stuff related to alcohol and drugs that are going on. You know, the situation that uh, Carissa and Jerry are working with. It doesn't care what they're doing to their yeah. kids. Mm -hmm. And that includes Sophia. You know? Sophia, the same situation. A lot of unsaved loved ones. Unsaved loved ones. And also, Pray for our pastor, because there's idiots out there using a car. <laughs> they put targets up uh, people's backs and use the car for targets. I mean, people use the target. So if you're tracking traffic, pray for you that too. Thank you for that thought. <laughs> <laughs> Thing and she, I was like, no, girl, you can't do that. And 
Praise and gave God. back to God. Yep.
we just thank you that we celebrate this time of the year. You came, you gave your son, that he was born to die for each one of us. So we thank you. We thank you for the salvation, that great gift. We praise you. Mighty God, we do come to you today realizing our inadequacy and your yes. sufficiency. Yes. As we bring our needs out and we lay them before you, and we just, Father, we don't know what to do with any of these things, but you know your perfect plan and your perfect will. We're praying for healings. We're praying for salvations. We're praying for people to say the same thing about their sin that your word says about it and come to a place where they can be cleansed, forgiven, and set right. We pray, Father, for these domestic situations. Uh, we know so many of them personally where uh, drugs and alcohol and abuse and all kinds of things are involved and the children are suffering. Father, we pray that you would uh, take the children on your lap and shield them, guard them. We pray, Father, that they would be intercessors for them. We pray, Father, that you would help us to not turn a blind eye to these abuses and the things that are going on. If we cannot do something personally, Help us to remember to take it to the Lord in prayer. Because nothing is too difficult for you. We pray, Father, for those that are facing surgery. Pray for Pastor Jamie today. We pray for those that are having procedures done in the near future, that you would walk with them through this. Yes. And we do pray, Father, you'd make us mindful of the the opportunity that we have to have that koinonia fellowship praying with you wherever we go, wherever we are, whenever you're ready to listen and to walk with us and instruct us. We pray, Father, you would guide our steps to the right place, the right person at the right time to share the right word with the right spirit. Father, this could be a redemptive time. We praise you, Father, already for lives that have been touched by the Trinity Outreach Ministry uh, to the homeless and the needy. We're asking, Father, you continue to, to touch that, that situation, that ministry. And we pray, Father, for those that are going to be exposed to the gospel in the days to come, that it would find an open heart and a willing heart to yes, receive it. Yes, that there would be many that come to start a walk with you into eternity. Yes, we yes. praise you for it all. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn off the screen. Oh, uh, I, I
that's why it's not a pound cup on sugar. <laughs> you complain, why I buy stuff? I said, what about going to eat
here.
Thank you. 